Hello, and welcome back to the Bober Academy Football Podcast. And we're going to continue our series on building alignment. Uh, we've gone from the feet to the knees to the hips, and now we're going to talk about the back and core. And we're joined today by Nolan Clausen with the Midwest Movement. And, <coughs> excuse me, as a quick reminder, for those of you out there listening or watching, if you are listening to this, um, be sure to click the subscribe button on whichever podcast device you have. Um, if you want to listen to our podcast, go to any podcast forum out there and click the subscribe button so you get notified. If you're watching this on YouTube, click the subscribe button on that channel and the notification bell. You'll be told whenever we do drop a new episode. And if any social media channel out there, please feel free to subscribe, comment, like, retweet, share all the things that go on in the social media world. Help us spread the message of making better offensive linemen. And you know our, our mission here at the Bober Academy is to train and develop superior linemen to dominate on the gridiron. So we bring in people like Mr. Nolan Clausen. He is one of the co-owners of Midwest Movement. And today we're going to talk about the core and back area. And it's such an important part of being any kind of athlete. But, you know, you, you probably think we're going to talk about doing a lot of abs exercises and back exercises, but Nolan's here to tell you that you can become a much, much stronger individual by just learning how to breathe right. So, Nolan, give us your spiel on the core and what we, how we can make these guys stronger. All right. So I'm just going to flat out say uh, get rid of your crunches, get rid of uh, your Russian twists, things like that, um, because... In my opinion, they're not—they're um, not doing a whole lot for you if you don't have the foundation correct, which is breathing. Um, so I come at this from a research standpoint, and basically, um, if you were to lift your arm, they've done research that shows that when you lift your arm, your abdominal muscles contract before you lift the arm, right? Um, and then what they show in hurt or injured individuals is that gets flip-flopped, right? So what does that tell us? Um, that tells us the core or the abdominal region is probably the most important thing when it comes to performance, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, if you're injured or if you have chronic pain or things like that, that can be flip-flopped and uh, performance decreases. So if the human body wants you to contract the abdominals, uh, before you lift your arm, it tells you that it, it's something that we should probably pay attention to, right? Yeah, the, um, the core is such a such a big deal. And I, here's why I, I I think I want to relate it to what we've done so far, right? We talked about having access to your power by having your feet on the ground. We talked about keeping your knees in line and then loading your hips. And all that power comes from the ground and from your lower body. And you have to be able to transfer it to the weapons that offensive line use, which is their hands and their shoulders and sometimes their head and neck. And all that strike zone that's above your, your waist basically is wasted if you don't have a connection between the power of your lower body and then the weapons of your upper body. Yeah, correct. And in sport, a lot of times we, uh, we get sidetracked and we look at knee position, we look at foot and ankle position, or we look at arm angle, or we look at where the arms are at in space, but how often do people actually look at the, I mean, from the shoulders down to the waist or even from like the ribs down to the, the pelvis. Um, and so I'm gonna tell you that I think it's the most important thing. Like Chris said, it is the, the transfer of forces. 
So if you want a good hand strike, but um, and you know you got powerful legs, um, and your core is not working the correct way, that hand strike's gonna be ineffective because it's all gonna be upper body muscle rather than the, your strong legs getting involved. Um, and so kind of Chris uh, talked about it a little bit, but I believe it all starts with our breath. And if you guys are just listening, I highly recommend watching this on YouTube because we are gonna be uh, drawing right behind me a little bit uh, to kind of show why uh, breathing has its place in the athletic performance world. So um, right here, we have a side view of our spine and our rib cage, right? And when we breathe, everybody somewhat knows that we use this muscle called the diaphragm. And this diaphragm muscle goes from here to here, right? Can we see that all right on film? Yeah, yeah, we can see okay. it. And so that diaphragm is the most important. Let me back up a little bit. So in our neck, we have muscles in the back and in the front that hold it upright. In the mid back, we have muscles in the back and the rib cage. In the low back, we have muscles in the back. And then we just have soft, squishy organs in the front. Um, so it doesn't seem like a great strategy, um, but this is where breathing comes into play. So the way you're supposed to breathe, if everybody would take a big deep breath in, I would be willing to bet that 95, maybe 98% of you are all gonna take a big deep breath in like this. And so when we breathe in like that, basically we are not utilizing this diaphragm whatsoever. The diaphragm in that instant is actually getting sucked up into our lung or our thoracic cage. And it doesn't push down to create the pressure that we're gonna talk about. So if you breathe in, as you can see, you didn't see my shoulders rise and you can't really see my belly, but my belly expands out. And why, what happens or why that happens is that diaphragm lowers, which creates this pressure out against the abdominal wall, against the spine, abdominal pressure. This intra-abdominal pressure is what supports our spine in the front so that the low back muscles don't have to do all the work. Um, think about it. When you cough or when uh, a coach tells you to grunt before you lift or before you throw, like in shot putters, um, it's very common, or tennis, uh, they grunt. And the reason they do that is when you grunt, your abdominal muscles have to uh, flex, right? And that flexion or that contraction of those muscles is what creates this intra-abdominal pressure so the spine is safe. Now, if your diaphragm or you're breathing up through your chest, basically that diaphragm goes up like this, which then causes a vacuum in this abdominal region. And why that's bad is it just sucks everything in, right? That makes these back muscles have to work extra hard. And I guarantee you that after um, a lot of people that aren't breathing correctly or using that pressure, after doing deadlifts or a bunch of bending over and things like that, those low back muscles are on fire. 
And if, if you just feel back there, just rub your hand across. If you can feel a lot of meaty uh, tension in there, that means we're probably overusing those a little bit, right? Um, they should be pretty much like a, like a, just a relaxed muscle, right? So as linemen, um, this is another thing. Um, if we are breathing with that diaphragm, we want that belly to expand. We want our belly to breathe in. When we breathe in, our belly to expand out, right? As linemen, we don't need to worry about uh, what our appearance looks like. We don't have to worry about like those wide receivers or quarterbacks um, feeling ashamed of how big their belly is because offensive linemen, our bellies are bigger, right? And I include myself in this because I was a tight end. I was a glorified lineman. You're an honorary uh, lineman. What's that? You're an honorary lineman. I think we'll you're it. muted, Chris. All right. So can you hear me now? What's can that? You me, can you Sorry. hear me now? It might be my phone. Huh. I'm, can you, you can hear me all right, right? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can't hear you for some reason. Um, but anyways, uh, so one of the things like that we, I'm going to just keep rambling if that's okay, Chris. Uh, basically, what we want to do is when we breathe in and we breathe in through our nose, we want our belly to expand. This creates this pressure. So the ability for our belly to get tight and so that, uh, like, say somebody were going to walk up to you and they were going to punch you in the belly as hard as they can. You would not suck your belly in to do that. If you suck in and they punch you into the belly, there's a good chance that they're going to be able to hit all your internal organs um, and your spine, maybe if you're that skinny. But if you push your belly out before they go to punch you, it's going to feel like a brick wall for that person's hand because you can create that pressure. So um, one of the things that we kind of talk about, and I'm going to stand up on this chair so you can see my belly, is in offensive line. So when we go to block, we have a tendency to arch our back and lean way back like this, right? If we can get those ribs and the pelvis over the top of each other and then strike right here and keep everything the ribs and the pelvis in line with each other, we are going to be way more successful. Um, I heard something interesting the other day, uh, how they were uh, trying to see how fast somebody's 40 was, um, is basically they were having them stand up against a wall and see how much strength they could have uh, if somebody pushed their knee down towards the ground. And the stronger you were with that, then the faster your 40 was, right? Well, so I did a little test on myself and basically I arched my back, held my knee up here and had somebody push and it's like really, really, really weak. But then I went pelvis over the ribs, held my leg up here and tried to push and I can sit here all day and nobody could push my knee down. So in my mind, that's a little bit of a bias why the abdominals is the correct thing. So you might be thinking like, well, how do I work on this? It's seriously just as simple as laying on your back, 
for three minutes at a time uh, in the day and trying to uh, just breathe in through your nose and expand that belly. So we can create that pressure with the abdomen. The other thing that we can do is in any of our lift, um, try this with all of our auxiliary lifts, such as shoulder press and you know bicep curls and things like that. Try to make those not necessarily a, um, a workout for those muscle groups, but make it a core exercise. Get your ribs stacked over your pelvis and try to breathe in through your nose and create pressure out with our belly. So, and then do your lifts and try to hold that pressure with our belly. Um, so like in the weight room, we see a lot of people wearing weight belts. Um, and now belts, I'm not a big fan of because basically you're relying on that belt. You don't get a weight belt when you go out on the football field. Um, and so like that, that belt is taking the place of those muscles. So if you are, if you're just so scared to lift without a belt, put a belt on, that's fine. Unnotch it two notches so that, um, it's loose around your belly and then try to push the abdominal walls into that belt. Um, and that's, that's the cue I use with anybody using a weight belt. So, um, uh, the other thing I said, like in the weight room, we can use this pressure. Um, but the, another thing that I like to tell my patients, especially my patients that have low back pain, um, when you go to open up a door, think about sniffing air into your belly, like a quick sniff to create that pressure in that belly and then open the door, right? That's going to train your body just enough that it starts to become a natural habit. Um, so even when you pull a door open, sniff air and then pull, and that's going to create that pressure in that belly. Um, if you look at some of the best athletes in the world, the difference I believe between a professional and the reason some of us amateurs are not at the professional level is they inherently create this belly pressure and are able to explode all the rest of their moving parts and muscles off of that pressure um, better than anybody else. Um, Chris, I would be willing to bet that if we checked, um, you actually were able to create really good intra-abdominal pressure and you had no idea. I mean, I don't, I don't know your full story, but you pretty much had all the odds stacked against you going to a smaller, uh, smaller school and then making it into the NFL, right? Um, so that's my yeah. Story. You know, it's, it's interesting. Like when I played football, um, I've had I had like coaches and other players tell me how I was just like really like stout and strong. You know what I mean? And I don't know if I ever consciously can worked on breathing. But I know that it was within a year or two of like starting in the NFL that I started to kind of have a few back issues and the trainers at the New York Giants got me on a back program. And it's funny, it, it was a, just kind of where you lay on your back and do like dead bugs and then you do bridges and stuff. And the start of it was to get down and get totally compressed like into the ground and really focus on breathing to feel your abs engaging and then to do the exercises. So I, I, it, I didn't really focus on breathing. I just focused on like trying to stay like solid and, you know, just probably transferred over to a, a lot of things I did. 
Right. And um, and I would say that a lot of the uh, pro athletes, um, you'd like to think that they have um, some of the best trainers, but uh, that's not always the case. But because these pro athletes have inherently just done these things for years, they, they don't have to focus on it quite as much. Um, I love looking at pictures of uh, standstill footage of athletes like when they're delivering a kick or a, uh, a, a boxing strike or like in uh, offensive alignment, uh, you know, a block or a baseball thrower right at that release point um, or golfer right at impact, like all these things. If you just take a still shot of a lot of these pro athletes, their ribs and their pelvis are going to be stacked right over the top of each other. They're not going to have um, what we would call like an open scissors position where their back is overarched um, and that their abdominal uh, muscles are stretched. It's going to be a very, very uh, tight block right there. Um, and then the other thing is like, in bodybuilding and physiques and just basic aesthetics, uh, people always desire this like V taper, right? Well, offensive alignment, we don't have to worry about that, right? <laughs> um, but basically that V taper in our clinical mindset is actually a dysfunction. And if you look at some of the best athletes in the world, they don't have that V taper. Um, and they just look like solid blocks. And then they have these little abdominal muscles that pop out on top of that solid block. Yeah. And, you know, you know, again, it's office of linemen. So you're telling us just let the belly hang out, man, because yeah. that's a good thing. It's a point of pride for a lot of old linemen to where it's kind of funny, wear cutoff shirts and their belly hangs out. But that's a that's a show of strength. Um, I did want to ask you a question because I know that offensive linemen, especially in drill work, which is where I do a ton of my work, because you know football doesn't get to be played a lot, just a lot of injuries, and you can't have too much contact. Right. But I see a lot of guys who will go and do their block, and they're straining to roll their hips, but they end up like arching their back. You know, right. what would you say to kind of? I, I mean, I want to. The way I try to explain it to them is like you're trying to to still strike with a rising blow but lifting and moving forward not lifting and arching back you know what i mean so what advice would you have for for alignment as they even in drill work as they try to roll their hips but not to like let their head go back right um so like basically i always equate it to like if you were going to throw a punch you would never throw a punch and let your body go backwards right yeah you would want to get here right mm -hmm. you can still get here and push up, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then the other piece is basically tucking that tailbone. Uh, often it's because we're so conscious in the squat patterns, um, like with a barbell on our back doing back squats, so conscious of not letting our spine round that we like over accentuate this sticking mm -hmm. our butt out. Um, I think it kind of enforces some bad habits uh, so that's one reason why I'm not a huge fan of a back squat, especially in the younger athlete. Um, and basically it's just because we're training this over patterning. So like, yes, I don't want your spine to round when we're back squatting, but I want it to stay straight up and down. I don't want to see over arch and I want to see right here. So like, like you said, you can't 
you can't train this too much um, because like if we went contact, you know, seven days a week, there would be a lot of injuries. But what you can do is in the weight room, just really, really focus on keeping, you know, our pelvis right over the top of our ribs or our ribs right over the top of our pelvis and not getting that overextended uh, position where we, you know, get out of line or yeah. chest up. Yeah. And I even see this for offensive linemen, especially in drill work, but like in pass protection, because you're really kind of sitting back and like holding your ground, but it really isn't arching to hold your ground. You can still have a forward lean, but having your hips low enough so that you have a center of gravity rather than pushing, you know, striking and pushing back like that to strike and just still stay, stay, stay solid, right? Try to stay engaged. And I think that's a, a coaching point that I'll, I'll use in my guys. Like we're not yeah. trying to push them and then push ourselves back. We're trying to stay solid, but not, you know, overextend backwards. And here's a, just a simple test um, that Chris, you could even do with your offensive linemen or people could try at home, uh, go down into a plank position, whether it's on your elbows or on your hands, plank there for like 30 seconds. And after like 30 seconds, either have someone or reach back if you feel you're strong enough to just go on one arm and see is, are your back muscles like, do they feel like salamis or are they pretty, uh, you know, non, like not a ton of tension? Or even if you have back pain with doing a plank, you need to get your ribs and your pelvis in a better position and probably breathe deep into that core so that we feel it more in the abs than the back. Uh, a plank is not a back exercise. It is a core exercise. Yeah. And I, um, um, you know, the, the back and the core get kind of tied together because they're always so close. Um, and I, I heard another interesting thing there. We talked about the tennis players grunting when they, and I'm going to look at tennis in an entirely different manner now that I know that the grunting is an, you know, activation of their core muscles. But would you say that offensive linemen, when you hit something to grunt so that you, you know, you're, you're, I mean, I just feel like we yeah. can grunt anyway, cause we're kind of hogs and, um, you know, to grunt when you hit something, that way you you kind of feel like you're engaged with your abdominals. I Absolutely. Um, anytime we're in practice or lifting, like medicine balls, there's a reason they have you throw medicine balls. And it's because they want you to get that timing of your core down. Um, they might not preach it that way, uh, but that's, that's anatomically what we're trying to do. So anytime you throw a medicine ball against a wall, I want you to grunt right as you uh, explode. Um, if you're working on bags, I want you to grunt every time you hit that bag. Um, that is a perfect time to do it. And it, it becomes second nature. It's like, there's a reason you're practicing these things. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that you get that timing, right. Right. Um, and it, it's, it's going to come second nature so that like when you go out onto the playing field, you wouldn't have to grunt, but you might do it. Who, who cares? Yeah, and the football field, it doesn't matter. And I, I right. remember putting in my my toughest blocks, double teams, and coming off the ball. There was a lot of grunting going on yeah. between me and my my um, fellow old linemen, and I didn't know that that was just a, a technique. So I'm going to call it the grunt technique. Yeah. You know, um, I, but I'm I'm, I'm going to incorporate that part of it just to try to get them to feel that that activation there. So that, yeah. that's an awesome tip yeah. um, to grunt when you strike. Yeah. So like I just cough right now. Just <clears throat> yeah, I feel my like, muscles tense up. Yeah. And so that's what's happening when you grunt. Yeah. 
That's that's so cool, man. Well, there we have packed this in here with tons and tons of information. But um, I, well, one last thing, Nolan, you said something you can practice, and you you know I'm I'm in some networking groups with Nolan, and he said um, to practice breathing when you're driving when you're at a stoplight, right? When you get to a stoplight, just just breathe through your you know with your stomach expanding, and it kind of starts to take over a second nature. And you know, for you guys out there watching it, whether your coaches or um, players, you know, when you're, when you're driving, that's a great time to engage it. And when you're sitting in class, sit there and try to breathe. I mean, students sit all day long, these high school kids. So practice that breathing and that's going to make you a ton stronger, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. We, uh, say it all the time, stoplight breathing. So you don't pull out your cell phone at a stoplight. <laughs> well, they, that can be used in these guys. So they don't pull out their cell phone in class too. So, um, there you go. Awesome. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you, Nolan, for, for sharing your knowledge. It's, it's very, very practical, especially for um, football players, O-linemen and everyone in general. So we really appreciate that. And um, thanks for coming on today. And just as you know, a quick reminder out there, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you're watching it, click the little button down there, subscribe to our pot, to um, our YouTube channel and anywhere on social media, like comment, share, retweet, all the things that you guys do out there. So once again, this has been part of our building alignment series, but one of the most important aspects, the foundation of your strength comes from your core. So thanks, Nolan. Thanks for coming on and we will see you again next time. Yep. Thank you guys.